Hey everybody, welcome back to the Fantasy Madness Podcast with me, the Mad Chatter, Ryan MK. Thank you once again for joining me, and I know, I usually kind of start this off with like, talking about what's going on with me, and you know, try and throw a little fun stuff in there leading up to the football chatter, but the state of the country isn't good, people. So before anything, we've got to talk about this. Jacob Blake. We know what happened. We know also what happened with the 17-year-old right-wing militia wannabe, cop wannabe, who went out there shooting people. Now, I applaud everyone taking a stand. I applaud the leagues, the NBA, four years to the day, four years after to the day that Colin Kaepernick first kneeled, the NBA went on strike, postponed the playoff games. MLB's had cancellations, the NFL today was canceling practices, teams were across the league, and the NHL canceled their games, postponed them for a couple of days, I should say. And we need more of that. Because the, the NHL was a little late to the party. But we need more white voices to join. Because those opposing white voices, they make me sick. You hear things such as, he's a criminal. Why are you defending a criminal? Or he was going for a knife. You know, that crowd. But I retort in this fashion. Seven shots in the back scene seems highly unnecessary, first of all. Second of all, there needs to be better training all around with the police, a better vetting process, because I don't think people realize this is the kind of job that's too easy for people that hold prejudices and racism to get into. It's too easy. Again, to a discussion with someone about this on Twitter. I tried explaining that it took my wife more hours in cosmetology school than it takes a cop to get a badge with a gun. He argued with me that no, it takes six years to become a cop. And he used the same article that I've looked into before. And I asked him if he read it, because if you break it down, four of those six years are just simply you getting a bachelor degree. That's, that's, that's it. Does not have to pertain to police work, law enforcement, anything like that. You can get a fucking bachelor's degree in communications, like I have, which has done nothing for me. But I could get into becoming a cop with it. So you do a little bit of schooling. And then you're eligible. And then you got some time with, with filling out stuff. In a probationary period. But when it comes down to it, the actual police training happens at the police academy, which is six fucking months. That is not enough time. My wife also, before the cosmetology and getting into beauty and hair and waxing, before that, guess what she did? She was in the fucking military. Okay, people? Now, this makes her a little familiar with military training. In the military, what do you suppose they do if they encounter a threat such as the police encountered with 
Jacob Blake, if you indeed want to call him a threat. Well, what are they told to do? Shout? Shoot at the ground? Things like that. It's not protocol to just go shooting people. So if this is how the military is trained to deal with citizens in other countries, why are the police not trained to do similar things here, follow similar protocols here against our own citizens? Why are we dealing with so much of this, what seems to me, a bit of vigilante justice, like a cop just gets to decide? Not to mention all the videos you've seen going around, and there's a very popular one where you see a white guy actually chase a cop, then get into the cop's car, all of this, and he doesn't get shot at. Why? Some will say, well, not all cops are the same. That's just another deflection of what's really going on. I'm absolutely over it. I'm sick of it. The bottom line of all of this, Jacob Blake's crime, if you want to call it that, was not worth the punishment because he's not paralyzed from the waist down. And I, I just, I, seriously, I'm over. I'm over it, the hate, the ignorance. This shit I've had to watch because for me, the way my parents raised me, I've always been a proponent of diversity, of equality. Growing up, I had very few white friends, and it's not because I lived in an area where there were no white people. It's because I just connected, well, really, with non-white people. So I've always had an affinity for my, so to say... Brothers and sisters from another mother, if you know what I mean. And I've always believed in justice for them and equality for them. And it makes me so sick to see all these other white people, these my fellow white people, to see them, to see a section of them acting with such hate and prejudice. And sure, you go through the emotions, sadness, anger, all of that. But I keep coming back to anger. I want to see people peacefully protest. I want to see this get done. But how can you not look at this and say, hey, they've been trying peacefully. Nothing has happened. Now we have a person in the White House who is emboldening racists and those filled with hate. And in a way, it's good because we get to see these people. They're coming out of the woodworks. We get to see the true colors. They're not so much hiding anymore. They're out in the open. That's a good thing. Like that piece of shit Brian Erlacher. But they're emboldened. And we've got to beat this. That's why we got to vote. Got to vote, people. Got to fucking vote. Because I'll be honest. This shit is putting my anger into a place I don't want it to go. Because I see the the peaceful protests, and then those haven't been heard, so you wonder why there is some looting and rioting. And it's funny how they'll point that out and won't make it like, oh, the cops, there's just a few bad apples, but with the protesters, no, they're all thugs. Yeah, good job. 
Fucking idiots. And I also find it a bit ridiculous that these people expect civilians, citizens, to react a certain way, to act a certain way, to be normal or however you want to put it, under the pressure, under, you know, while they're being talked to by cops. These people expect the citizens to act normal. But if the cops have to do something, oh, well, they're just trying to do their job. You know, you don't react. You don't know how they react in a situation like that. Yeah. What about the person? Have you people not ever dealt with dickhead cops? Because I have. And I'm going to tell you this much. I've done shit way worse than what Jacob Blake did. And I didn't get shot at. It's infuriating. And to hear people shout down the NBA and all these teams and act like we're being soft, do they not realize? The world is laughing at us, and not because NBA players are, you know, protesting games, striking against the game. No, it's not why the world is laughing at us. The world is laughing at us because the world sees Trump for what he is, and they see half of the country supporting this fucking idiot. Not quite half. I'd like to hope it's not quite half. It just, it all blows my mind. Blows my fucking mind. But enough is enough. Enough is enough. And I so badly want to talk about football. And and, and I will. I am going to talk a little football. But this shit is so important. It's so important. What's coming up in a couple of months with this election is so important for this country. We cannot afford another four years of this shit. Because I, I don't give a fuck who you are. You will never convince me. No matter what Jacob Blake had done or what he had warrants out for, you're not going to convince me, regardless, that seven shots in the back was necessary to subdue him. People claim they tasered him and it didn't work. Again, what does my wife think? A military vet. You shoot him in the leg, the arm, once, maybe twice. Why seven shots in the back? Hmm. Right. Sure, that was justified. Because we don't, we don't know what the cop must have been feeling in that point. No, no, we don't. And if that's the big problem that some people have, then I say the cops need better training. Because we shouldn't have people out there on the streets that fucking make rash decisions in a moment of intensity. So we'll continue to fight the good fight. And hopefully we can get this prick out of the Oval Office come November. And once again, fuck Brian Erlacher. 
Now, as I mentioned, I am going to talk some football. A little bit of football. It's hard to, it's hard to get to people. My madcaps. It's hard. Because, you know, part of me figures, you know, these leagues, NBA, NHL, they're in the playoffs, man. And they're taking a break. It's, it, it, in ways, it makes me not want to talk football. It, but the problem is, as much as we don't need distractions, we do need to break ourselves from this shit. We can't, I'm telling you, since this Jacob Blake stuff, I've just, my mind has been on this shit constantly. You gotta give yourself breaks from it. It becomes too overwhelming emotionally. So I try and do that. I try and do that. I try and do that by, you know, time with the kids is good. Chilling, smoking some green with the wife is good. And, you know, talking fantasy football is good. So let's get into a little bit of that. As I mentioned previously, getting in the uh, play pro, player profile. Uh, there I go. I fucked it up already. I did great earlier. No, but now fucking shit up. Player profiler writing team. Yes. Our league it's been an insane draft, I'm going to be honest. Running back heavy early, heavy early. And for me, I really I really did go against my norm in this draft. It's been really weird. And there's been a couple of times where I'm like, I wonder if I would have taken this guy instead of this guy, if it would have worked out in a different way. And again, I'm not someone who lives with regrets. And in all reality, I'm quite fond of this team. And I haven't really dove into what the other teams look like. I will do so at the end of the draft. But so far, I was going to explain a little bit about what I was doing. Because, see, you got to play things differently when it comes to redraft. That's just how it is. And so I was looking at, you know, players I thought could bounce back and hit that wide receiver one number. For, like, wide receiver, obviously. But then I was looking at, Wide receivers that I know are going to catch a lot of passes because PPR. Same thing with the running backs. Now, for me, it depends a lot on where you pick, right? And we talked about that last pod. And so picking at the fifth position, I had to take one of the top running backs. It would have been foolish not to. So I grab Zeke. When it comes back around to me in the second round, I mean, I had several options. Julio was still there. I, there are some guys I would have really liked to have a wide receiver. But, but, Mr. Aaron Jones was just sitting there. And I am not one to go to running backs, at least in the first few rounds. I, did. I mean, to go two, to go the first two rounds at running back, that's not like me. Not even a little bit. But I'm sitting here thinking, so many other guys are loading up on RBs. And that's another thing I don't normally do. I don't normally follow the trends. I don't normally follow the runs. I'm usually going contrary in an attempt in sub points to change the run to a different run. <laughs> People are snatching up a bunch of wide receivers and you go running back. Maybe that gets... Some other people thinking, a couple more running backs go, all of a sudden, you've got a running back run, and you can go back to the wide receivers. So, 
you know, I, I did some things very out of character, but I, I am very happy with my team. Because, see, after getting my two running backs in the third round, top quarterbacks were gone. I was like, hey, you know me. The top running backs are worth the price. Running backs. Quarterbacks. Oh, God, now I'm a fucking mess now that I'm actually trying to have fun and talk football. But the quarterbacks, the top quarterbacks, to me, can be worth the price. And the only reason I did it, really, is because this is super flex. And I wanted to make sure, before people just started digging in on quarterbacks, because I knew that was a possibility, and it didn't quite happen, but I wanted to make sure I got one of the top ones. And I did. I did. I ended up picking up Gardner Minshew later, so I have him and Kyler Murray, and I'm pretty happy with that. But then I really needed to attack receiver after going running back, running back, quarterback. Luckily, Odell Beckham was sitting there. Now, I do believe he's healthier this year. I do believe he and Baker Mayfield's chemistry is improved. And I do believe he has a bounce back year. And then I came back and I went Cooper Cup. Because he's a target machine. And I do think the Rams' offense will be a little bit better this year. And I really like what Cup provides. And these are guys, Cup finished, even with some inconsistently since blah, 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 You suck, I know. I know. I was doing great. I know. I just can't. just tongue twisting and I can't talk right and all that shit. Anyway. I continue on. So, Cooper Cup, he finished in the top five last year, even with the inconsistency in the middle of the season. So, I love that pick. And then, I ended up going Evan Ingram in the sixth because another individual I expect to have a big year. And it's a tight end premium. So, I went tight end a little bit earlier. And really, it's I, I never get Evan Ingram. I, I just never draft. So, it's another one of those where I just... I wanted to get a guy. <laughs> so I got him. And then I went Gallup, Michael Gallup. I went Matt Breida after that. Gardner Minshew, Chris Herndon. And then I went back to running back. Jarek McKinnon and Joshua Kelly. Joshua Kelly making waves in camp, as is Jarek McKinnon. But Joshua Kelly is making waves in respect to that backup job to Austin Eckler, which may be very important. And it did more than that, not just as a backup role, but he's likely to get work. I mean, even the coaching staff has said they're probably going to use all three backs. But I do think it's noteworthy that Kelly's impressed in camp, and he's someone I've liked for a long time. And I've seen a few guys on Twitter refer to Jackson, well, and Kelly as Jags. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. I'm excited. But got about, uh, I believe, four picks left. And you know what? I'm aiming for some wide receivers now. And the reason I waited is because there's just so many. And there's ones I really, really like that are so far down in the draft that I'm, I'm like, hey, I do absolutely do not have to get one right now. Good, 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 it's coming. Anyway, so it's been a fun draft and an interesting one. And it's going to be fun to kind of look at all the different teams and exactly what everybody looks like. You know, size everyone up once the draft ends. we got another four rounds. So by the time we 
convene on Monday for another pod, I will have a little bit of a breakdown of the draft. So look forward to that if you want or don't. Because <laughs> it's probably not all that interesting anyways. Moving on. Getting into a little bit of uh, training camp tidbits. Because before things got crazy again, there's actually uh, some bits of information coming out that might prove useful. Such as, you know, I understand that I've talked about, you know, you've really got to rein in your beliefs as far as what you hear in training camps. But you also got to pay attention to the true stuff that means something. How are backs being used? What is going to happen here? What is going to happen? Like I said, Joshua Kelly, Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson was looking pretty good for that two spot. But Joshua Kelly has been making waves. Started the week working with the third team offense. And now mixing in with the starters. He impressed enough that they wanted to see what he could do with the starters. That's some information that's worth noting. Everybody in New England's very impressed with Damian Harris. Does that mean he's going to get the shot over Sonny Michelle? Oh, we'll see. A lot of people said this Damian Harris thing isn't going to happen. But I've been maintaining all offseason it would. I'm not a Sonny Michelle fan. As a matter of fact, Sonny Michelle is still sitting there in our draft. Even though he's returned from PUP, PUP, the pup list, and reports are that he looked good in his return. But I believe Damian Harris to be the better back. I believe New England will be a little cautious with Michelle, make sure he's good to go. And I just think over time, it'll probably start out, they'll both get work. You're going to see James White. But I do feel at some point in the year, this could be very much the Damian Harris show. David Montgomery, another running back to speak of. He got a little banged up. I was never... Really into David Montgomery in the first place, so this means nothing to me. They're talking about two to four weeks. Now, this might bump up Cohen a little bit, but they don't really want to use Cohen for what they want to use Montgomery for. So you got to think, is it Ryan Nall? They just don't have shit for depth. So this could be one of those situations where maybe, maybe they make a trade. And maybe they should be smart and trade for a Mr. Leonard Fournette. I mean, he'd be able to plug right in and do the David Montgomery role better than David Montgomery. People, some people, want to clown on Fournette, but you know what? He finishes the 13th running back last year. And he was in the top five in both stacked fronts, faced, and loaded boxes. So he's constantly facing all that pressure. The Bears don't have that. And they should be starting Nick Foles, who will be a bit of an upgrade from Mitch Trubisky, I personally believe. And I bring this up because I actually wrote an article on this very particular subject. (laughs) Running backs who need a change of scenery that could, you know, really benefit from a trade. And it's out now on playerprofiler.com, so make sure to check that out there. Check out my stuff's on the Twitters, at Madness and the Instagram. Check it all out there. You'll find all my stuff's my... You know, articles, pots, all the great stuffs. 
and I talk about trade. So that's, that's just when the whole David Montgomery injury got me thinking, hey, what a perfect time for my article to come out when I'm talking about how Leonard Fournette should go to the Bears. Anyway, anywho, Le'Veon Bell dealing with more drama in New York. Now, I did feel it was possible that Le'Veon Bell could have a better year this year, but I don't have him anywhere in any of my teams. I just don't. I just don't, you know, for me, once backs hit a certain age, I just, I'm, I'm off of them. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. Sorry. And apparently Adam Gase is pretty much done with Le'Veon Bell too. He's kind of a dick, it seems, Adam Gase. But, uh, <laughs> does not seem to be the biggest fan of Le'Veon Bell. He does seem to be a fan of Frank Gore. LaMichael P. Ryan is looking great in training camp, so they got some options there. And then, of course, they traded for Kalen Balaj. After the Dolphins had come out and expressed that they were going to release him. No, don't release him. We'll take him for a seventh round pick. So Kalen Balaj reunites with Adam Gase. <laughs> Does this feel like Le'Veon Bell could go somewhere at some point? Maybe Le'Veon Bell will end up in Chicago. Who knows? But, uh, <laughs> what a fucking mess that just. Poor Jets. Poor Sam Darnold. Denzel Mims is hurt. Like, it's just going to be... That's why I took Chris Herndon. God damn it, Darnold's going to need him this year. And Gaze did come out and say they really have a connection. Anytime shit starts to go bad, starts to break down, Darnold seems to find Herndon. I hope so. I hope that continues into the year. More running back news. Kenyon Drake still not practicing. Hope you got them Chase Edmonds. And Eno Benjamin shares. I said shares. I really don't say that very often. <laughs> shares. Shares. But I'm serious. See, some really bought into Drake hard this year. I have been one. I'm not necessarily avoiding him. But I haven't been targeting him. Because I don't necessarily feel comfortable with his ADP. I don't feel comfortable investing that high in someone who's done very little over his career and then looked good in Arizona for a period of time last year. And everyone thinks, oh, well, that'll just keep going on and keep going. We have seen this, though, so many times. Do we not remember Justin Forsett? Or <laughs> there's a lot of... Um, Ravens running backs that actually, <laughs> if you think of Justin Forsett and God damn it all, what's his name? Alex. Oh man. <laughs> Regardless, there's a whole list of them. There's a whole list of them. Specifically for the Ravens. But they, really, it's true. They come in, they look really good. Then they get a little bit of extension, some contract. Alex Collins, that's his fucking name. <laughs> oh, man. But the, the, the guys like this, they come in, and you're like, oh, shit, here we go. And then they get a, bud, a little bit of hype. And next year, they're going high in the draft, and then they just don't. T and I know everybody's thinking, well, Kenyon Drake's better than all of them, and he just didn't get a fair shake in Miami, and look how good he looked in Arizona. I've just, eh. I'm a lot more pessimistic and I feel good now, you know, because not, not that he's injured, but that, you know, 
I feel like there's a lot more that could go wrong with Kenyon Drake that could go right, and I'm glad I avoided him is all. More injury news for running backs. I know, I know, running backs. <laughs> Joe Mixon is dealing with migraines. He wasn't at practice for a while. People were kind of freaked out wondering, oh my goodness, this has something to do with his contract. But no, it appears he has migraines. Which, those suck, man. So that could keep him out for a minute. Meanwhile, they don't have Rodney Anderson anymore. So it's Geo and Trayvon Williams for the most part. And, and I am a little interested in Trayvon. Hell, I don't think Geo's that bad of an option. I mean, he's not so much of a three-down back. But I certainly like the upside there. Particularly if Joe Mixon misses some time. But I'm also very interested in the Trayvon Williams. Very interested. Very interested. That's right. Trayvon Williams. <laughs> really, it's just my fascination with, you know, going after young athletic backs. You know, just to see if they pop. Because that's the running back position, people. Is how this shit works. The fragility of the position is so high. The turnover is so high that you just, you got to keep throwing darts at the young dudes and hope some of them hit. That's what you do. That's what you do. Because even being, you know, a talented back, an athletic back, doesn't guarantee anything. The NFL is a weird place, man. It, it really is. It really is. And finally, Mike Williams He's out. Jewelry time. Now, I saw some stuff on Twitter. Somebody was talking about this and, you know, because some people are excited about Jewelry, me included. And people, a few, were pointing out that uh, this <laughs> Mike Williams, Jewelry, not the same kind of receiver, blah, 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 blah. Well, if you look at their depth chart, uh, the Chargers don't have a whole hell of a lot, okay? And they have Keenan Allen. And he is very good at a few different things, okay? You can't put Keenan Allen in a box. And Joe Reed, yeah, he loses a few inches to Mike Williams in height, but he's built. He's faster than Mike Williams, higher burst score than Mike Williams. So there's a lot to like with Joe Reed's profile. And why not? Why can't he start opposite Keenan Allen? Because he's not the same exact type of receiver as Mike Williams? We'll see. We'll see. My money's on Reed. If Mike Williams misses time in the regular season, my money is on Reed to be that number two. And more than likely, really, Hunter Henry gets the benefit here, right? He gets the bump up as really the true number two pass catcher. But when it comes to just the wide receiver position, I do believe Joe Reed works his way in, and if he's good enough, he can make it very hard for Mike Williams to get back into his regular role. Just saying. Just saying. I can't, I can't believe the Jets really gave a seventh-round pick for Kalen Balazs. Game over, man. Game over. That's right. Pot overtime. Time to end the pod. But before we go, I want everyone to keep in mind, 
this isn't going away. Everything going on that surrounding Jacob Blake and the Black Lives Matter movement. This is not going away. We need change. It starts up top in the White House. And, you know, I try and keep my football stuff separate because I do have my other podcast, Miscellaneous Debris, which you can find anywhere you find this one. And that's where I really discuss my thoughts on social issues. That's kind of my comedy slash, you know, random thought slash variety hours slash ranting and raving. Yeah. It's just a random ass podcast where I just like to talk, spew some of my views. And so I really try and keep this football, but is is this shit's so big. The fucking pandemic. What's going on with the injustice in this country? And here we have a president accepting his nomination and acting as though we're in great shape and he's done a marvelous job. Oh, the delusion. The delusion. We've had enough. And, you know, People like to use this saying all the time, but if you don't like the protests, if you don't like people riding and shit like that because they're tired of shit and the kneeling you didn't like, these other forms of protest you don't like. So some people are starting to get a little more than angry. And these sports leagues are beginning to take this shit a little bit seriously. Now, whether it's for public appearance or because they actually are becoming unified in this, I can't tell, but it it is happening. And I would just say to those people, I'll use one of your favorite sayings, as I said, against you. If you don't like it, go somewhere else, man, woman. You don't like the protesters in the streets, go live somewhere else. You want to keep pointing out that people should live somewhere else if they don't like it here, yet you wear a hat that says make America great again. Meaning that America must not have been great when you bought into that statement. And if you didn't like it, why didn't you go somewhere else? Or is it only non-white people that should go somewhere else? Yeah, it's a lot of hypocrisy, idiocy, and ignorance within that whole group. But it's our right to speak our mind. And honestly, this could all affect the NFL. I mean, we saw it today. I mean, sorry, yesterday, canceling of practices. We'll see more of that today. There's no playoff games for NBA or NHL being played today. We see this stuff going. You've heard football players, Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, they've come up, and they're talking about they could be sitting out games. They could be protesting the games. So some of this shit could be in jeopardy. The season, I'm sure not the whole one, but, you know, we'll have to see how this goes. And when it comes to the fantasy world, you need to find a way to be prepared for shit like this. For anything, really. But let's move on. 
it's time to close up shop, right? Get out of here into the weekend. I want everybody to try and enjoy your weekend. Try and find some things just for enjoyment, to give yourself a break from all the stress in the world and all the bullshit. And again, keep in mind, we got to vote and we got to keep fighting this to get that desired change that we're looking for. So with that said, once again, thank you for joining me. This has been the Fantasy Madness Podcast, even though I know there wasn't a whole lot of fantasy football chatter. I promise I'll make it up to you on Monday. Yes, but thank you again for joining me. Don't forget to follow me on the Twitters and the Gram at RMK Madness. Like I've mentioned a few times, check out my other pod, Miscellaneous Debris. I've got plenty more thoughts on everything going on in the world. Plus, I'm looking at why the two-party system is an issue and why it's also an issue that people forget how young this country is. You know, a lot of other countries have gone through trials and tribulations when it's come to, you know, government and things like that. Hell, some still are. But we're definitely on the younger side when it comes to countries. We don't have quite the history that others do. And it seems like maybe this is just a period of time where America is going through some turmoil because it's, it's, it's growing pains. And I'd like to hope this all turns out okay. So, it's going to take all of us to use our voices and use them loudly and to use our power to vote. So make sure you do. But once again, have a wonderful weekend. I hope you can find time to find some enjoyment with everything going on because you do need to give yourself a break. Take care of your mentals, as Marshawn Lynch would say. That shit's important. Your mentals. Okay. I'm getting out of here. Once again, I'm the Mad Chatter. Thank you for joining me. Have a great weekend, everybody. Much love to you all. Stay safe, stay vigilant, and stay mad. And we'll chat again soon. Peace out.